0: Well, the game may be over, but the best Hawkeye analysis is just getting started. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Ross Peterson and Travis Justice are taking your calls. Sound Off.
1: This is your home for the Hawkeyes. News Radio 1040, W-H-O.
2: Going to be a jam-packed final hour here on Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. We're going to have Gary Dolphin hooking up with us here in about a half hour or so. Rob Howe from Hawkeynation.com around 645. So from now until then, a bunch of your phone calls, as many as we can sneak in, at 284-1040. Derek Pagel is in studio for Travis Justice this week. Travis is in Italy. He'll be gone through the bye week. He'll be back for Northwestern. But, Derek, if... uh, If Twitter and our phone calls are any indication, man, I think you have to be back with us in two weeks. I think I want one of these jobs. You're in Canada fishing. Travis is in Italy. We get sipping wine sign me up. Get Jethro's delivered to us. We get to sit here and watch football all day. Now we got playoff baseball. By the way, Cubs up three to one. Yeah, you know I'm really just here for the Jethro's, right? That's all right, man. Anything I can do to get you in the studio. Okay. If it's Jethro's that I have to do, I'll do Jethro's. Hawkeye Frank, I've been told it's a long time since you've called in. Hawkeye Frank, how are you, sir?
3: I'm very good, you guys. Thanks for getting me on. I just want to say a few things. Uh, n- number one, I think uh, that Coach Ferris is probably one of the top ten coaches in the nation. And the reason I say that is because he not only cares about his players, he cares about the fans and the kids. And he responds to letters when I was pretty ill about 12 years ago. He sent me a nice card, told me to hang tough. Hmm. You know, he, he's got a lot of compassion. And uh, and I like his trick plays that he's doing more, more now. I think that's good. But one of the things I think will make Iowa more successful is is uh, play action on the first first play of the uh, drive, on the first down, because they're always it's pretty predictable when uh, he changes the play at nine out of ten times, it's going to be a running play. But play action opens things up pretty good that's what I think anyway and uh thanks for having me on and uh, I think Hawks are going to do good the rest of the season they'll only lose gonna one more game and that's all they'll lose my prediction
2: which one Frank which which is that one game you think the Hawks lose
3: uh did they play Wisconsin
2: they haven't played Wisconsin so I, I would that say is... in order you got Ohio State Wisconsin Nebraska northwestern that, Purdue Minnesota next, right Northwestern's Northwestern. next,
3: yep. Yeah, I think they'll win another one of those tough games. Maybe they'll lose two, but if they end up uh, nine and three, I think that'd be a good season. Not
2: nine I and three be real- absolutely that'd be a really good year. Yeah, I think. And
3: another thing, I just uh, wanted to tell the coach that everybody that you tell his players if they're injured, you don't give up. You stay positive because there's a lot of positivity in uh, in your in healing when you do that. I had cancer a year ago and had a big surgery, and now I'm cancer free.
2: Good so to far. hear. Great to hear, so, Frank.
3: Anyway, good luck, and you guys got a great show. Thanks a well, lot. Thank so you,
2: sir. I really appreciate that. Yeah, we're uh, we're trying to muddle through here on a Saturday. I mean, it's been these two hours have flown by. Haven't good,
0: they, man? it's a good little feel-good story from Frank right there, though. Yeah, and the, talking about the cancer and first reference to Coach Ferentz. we listen listening to him on post-game radio I, for some reason, love him or hate him. Some people over the years have been get rid of him. I can just sit there and listen to him talk. I mean, he is a stand-up guy, stands up for his players, solid individual. As long as he's here, we are lucky to have
2: him. You weren't recruited by Ferentz.
0: No, I was recruited by the Fry staff and had one a redshirt year with him, and Kirk came in it in December. Okay,
2: so you don't have to say nice things about Kirk Ferentz. You you actually say those things because you believe him. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean,
0: I, during <laughs> the bad years, you know, people are calling for his head. And we need new turnover.
2: And I feel like that's kind of gone away in the last year or two. If we get it every now and again. Yeah. Every once in a while, you get a phone call and about his contract or something like that.
0: If we lose that Iowa State game, yeah. I'm, I bet it's a whole different tune right now. <laughs> and we were down 10 in the fourth. I mean, we very well should have lost that game. Right. But um, I will always stay, I'll stand there by him. I mean, he's, a, he's a, he surrounds himself with good coaches. Um, I was thinking of a an big argument, and you can tell me what you think. Like, is it more important to have a, a, a coach that can recruit? at the collegiate level or
2: a coach that can coach and develop and that's i sound like such a hawkeye homer when i do this but travis and i got into this a couple of weeks ago also i'm glad to hear you say all that stuff Derek, about coach Ferrance, because everybody i've talked to that's a football brain that knows a heck of a lot more about this game than i'll ever than i'll ever know has told me this guy is amazing he's not a good coach he's a great coach not just the fact that he takes talent, knows where those guys are supposed to be. We talked about A.J. Derby before we came on the air. We could talk countlessly about guys that switched positions. You were a quarterback in high school, weren't you? Uh, running back. Oh, running back. <laughs> I knew you were an offensive <laughs> player. In the, uh, but anyway, you end up going and playing in the NFL as a safety. And a, lot, a large part of that because of Coach Ferentz's tutelage and, and getting you ready for that. Like It's just amazing. This guy keeps teams in games like Penn State that at the beginning of the game a lot of us look at and go, oh, this is going to be a 30-point blowout. And at the end of the game, he's got his players in a position to win the game. Happens all the time.
0: I feel like he's good at just pulling that opposing team and pulling them down and keeping, not to say pulling them down to our level, but just pulling them down and, and preventing a large scoring, you know, Points flying up left and right, like just pulling them down, keeping the game close, grinding it out. And typically over the years, I feel like we're pretty good at winning those close games. And the thing with this schedule is we're looking at it, and, and Frank's talking about nine wins this year. That's a stretch. But I'll tell you this: every game is going to be close. We're talking Northwestern in two weeks. That is going to be a dog. That's going to be a really
2: good game. I mean, it's, it's if, going to be if a Northwestern ball game. plays like they did in the first half against Penn State tonight or today. That's going to be one heck of a game. Two eight four ten forty. If you'd like to join us on B- Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off, that's how David gets a hold of us. David, thanks for calling. Who? How are you, sir?
3: Yeah, good. I just want to go back one week. Michigan State. Uh, the offense looks flat. And uh, even on TV, they suspected that perhaps the Michigan State defense knew our audibles or knew what was going on. Uh was there any further discussion on that? During the past
2: week? Now, David, I want to make sure. Okay, so you are talking about last week during the television broadcast when they pointed out that those Michigan State linebackers really seemed to know yes. where Nate Stanley was checking down to. Yes, I yeah.
3: thought. And I wondered if there was any other discussion. I know there's a certain level of espionage that does go on at that level, a.k.a. scouting or whatever you yeah. want to call yeah. it. What do you think? Or Did you hear any more?
2: No, David, I, I'm just kind of... Go off of what I saw today, I can remember a few times where Nate Stanley seemed to kind of change the play at the line, whether that's audible or or whether they were coming in from the sideline, and it did seem like the Hawkeyes had a little bit more success with that today. We had a listener earlier that pointed out that when the Hawkeyes do that or when Nate Stanley does that, it, it does seem like they primarily check down into running plays. And that's something that uh, is a tendency that might want to be addressed. But I did feel like they had a little bit better success today when Nate Stanley changed the play at the line. I'd have to go back and look, but again, just kind of my knee-jerk reaction from the game today. I, I feel like we had a better success when he was doing that.
3: All right. I agree. Thank you.
2: Thanks a lot, David. Appreciate the phone call. 284-1040, If you'd like to jump in, also about fifteen minutes from right now, we're going to hook up with the uh, voice of the Hawkeyes, Gary Dolphin. He's uh, driving away from Kinnick Stadium right now. We're going to check in with him. You, I think he really wants to talk to you, Derek. I mean, I will see. Become the superstar of this program. Rob Howell join us from Hawkeynation.com. Hopefully, we can get some injury updates from uh, from Rob Howell. The one that we've been asked about is James Butler. I think James Butler planning on. Uh, being active in two weeks against Northwestern. Gary can probably help us out with some of that. But a few more minutes here of your phone calls. We'd love to hear from you. 284-1040. That's the phone number to reach us.
1: World famous ribs on two. Ready? Break. Down. Set. Jethro's. Jethro's. Hot, hot.
2: Jethro's Barbecue, your game day tailgate headquarters. Jethro's Barbecue voted Best Barbecue in Des Moines. Best Wings in Des Moines. Best Nachos in Des Moines. Jethro's Barbecue, y'all come for the football and stay for the party. Jethro's Barbecue featuring world-famous slow-smoked ribs. Jethro's Barbecue, six convenient metro locations, and now open in Ames, 1301 Buckeye Avenue, just off Duff.
0: Your turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue
4: Sound Off. Sponsored by. Does either a ground ball. Oh, it's an onside kick. And they're chasing it down, and the Hawkeyes are on it. The Hawkeyes are on it. It couldn't have worked out any better. Our special teams expert, Ed Podolak,
2: drew it up the way he'd like to see it, but we did not expect an onside kick. I didn't expect an onside kick in this game. Didn't expect an onside kick in that moment. And uh, it. In that moment, it seemed like a very crucial play in kind of turning that momentum and, and really building up uh, that Hawkeye lead. Now you look back on it and you see this 45-16 to 16 game. You go, wait a minute, how did an onside kick play that big of a role in this? But it did. A, a two totally different halves in Kinnick Stadium today. Hawkeyes roll to a 45-16 win, in large part to a 21 to nothing fourth quarter. Derek, during the break, I was kind of telling you a a conversation I had with Chuck Long on Monday on our Cyclone Fanatics program, and Chuck was talking about um, Noah Fant and Akron Wildley being kind of the, the playmakers on this team, and he said, I can almost guarantee at some point early in the season, there was a conversation among the coaches of, who are our best 11 guys, and how do we get those 11 guys on the field at one time? And defensively, who are our best 11 tacklers how do we get those 11 guys on the field at one time? And it, it seems to me like very early on today, maybe that equation got changed a little bit. You had Tristan Wirfs out there very early on. Torin Young uh, had, I think, the first carry of the game. He did his first carry of the game. Uh, so things changed a little bit, but you've, you've kind of been a part of that conversation at least, right? Well, I think the concept you're talking about is
0: just putting your best, not necessarily athletes, but football players on yeah. the field. And traditionally, the Hawks have... They're good at developing players, moving them from position to position, linebacker to tight end, or vice versa, or uh, corner to safety, things of that nature. But, um, yeah, it was funny at break we were talking about that, and I got to thinking, like, hey, it is all about putting your best football players in the field. And, and I remember uh, my senior year, I turned into a little bit of a film junkie, so I would end up hanging out at the complex, and sometimes I'd be alone there at 11 o'clock at night. And I was with another fellow safety, and we were in Phil's office watching game film. Phil was the defensive back coach, and... I don't know why I probably shouldn't tell a story but we just kind of started digging through files, right? Okay, yeah. And we're we, as we're we're discussing right now talking about putting your top football players on the field. He literally had a list from a coach's meeting saying, "Hey, it's a ranking of our top football players." And then you know, I seen my name at like 32 or something. I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm only the thirty second best player on this team. And I was gonna ask where you were. I was <laughs> hoping it was closer to like five, eleven. And my buddy was like fifty five and he was really chippy about it. But of course we couldn't say nothing to Phil because we don't want him to know we were digging through some files late
2: night in the football complex. But what year that was your senior year? That'd have been in two thousand two, so yeah. This is a year before you go to the NFL and you're the thirty second best remember, football player. I, on I the think team? it was
0: like twenty eight or twenty five, and I, I was a starter too, and I'm like, huh, I wonder if let must uh, not think very highly of me, but (laughs) the moral of the the story is you're putting your best football players on the field, and that's how you're going to win football games, and no matter if they're going to go both ways, or you can find multiple positions for
2: them. Let's talk a little about what you did uh, this last weekend. Can we do that? Yeah. You're not too embarrassed by this? No. You were invited to come out to the Jets Legends Weekend? New York Jets Legends Weekend, yes. How did that that end up in your mailbox?
0: Um... (laughs) (laughs) I think I only played in uh, like 22 games maybe with the Jets, but it's pretty cool, man. They gave us first-class treatment, so basically what they do is they invite every former player that I think maybe spent a season or two or more onto the team and um, got to go back, and they put you up in a hotel and get you down on the game field and watch pregame and get your name announced at halftime. It it was really a a, a tribute to Kevin Mawai, who was a year-over-year pro bowler center uh, who I got to play with. I actually uh, had a locker right next to him, so... Uh, it was a way to honor him, but it's so cool because you just you you get cut, you get put on a van. This is when you're a player, and you get shipped to the airport, and you're gone, and you don't see guys or speak to them ever again in your life potentially. At that time, there wasn't a whole lot of social media, yeah. So it was awesome to catch up with guys. It was first class treatment. I pray to God that they invite me back next year. It was so much. <laughs> did fun. you behave yourself so you get the invite? I did. I did. Hey, I, I I I honestly I was probably almost like a kid in a candy store because. When you're in it, you don't really appreciate it. You appreciate it, but you don't really know what you're doing. And they give you, give you an old jersey. So they give me a Jets jersey, 25, and I had a Sharpie in my hand, and I'm like, I'm getting everybody to sign this, so I'm running around getting all these 50 guys that are there, and I got a Jets jersey number 25, just com- completely loaded with signatures on the back. And I don't have framed jerseys; I never framed a jersey and put it up in my place of myself. But this one's going to make this that one's going to get huh? in a frame, I think. Yep,
2: that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, what an really awesome, awesome experience for you! And
0: it was really cool for my mom. She she went through breast cancer in my second year in the in the NFL, and in, and was going through chemo treatments and radiation, so was unable to get out to New York. Oh wow! Uh, to catch so she game. Didn't get to enjoy that with so, you. So yeah, they give you tickets for your family, and you can purchase additional. I got her back there, and she, uh, Herm Edwards, uh, first class coach. You know, I'd never won a Super Bowl, but a great guy to play for. His wife actually sent her in 2002 a one of my jerseys with the pink numbers on it, huh. and she huh. got to put that jersey on, and, and she was proud, and I think the whole family was proud, and, and just really grateful for what the New York Jets did for us that weekend. Because yeah, the you know, really they, cool, they don't man. they don't owe me nothing, you know. Yeah.
2: You you've mentioned Herm Edwards to me a couple times. Like all football players, you usually hold your coaches in pretty high regard and Herm's one of those dudes that uh yeah, you've got a lot of respect for, I can tell.
0: I do. Um, you know, he took a chance on me and I I I played 2 years in, in New York and I had an awesome experience. I, I never went to practice and was complaining in my head about Herm
2: Edwards. I mean, oh, I, I thought you meant like you never went to practice. Like, dang, they kept you for 2 years you weren't showing up to practice. Yeah, I wasn't a kicker. <laughs> No, you meant you never went to practice and 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 were dreading it or No, and okay. never
0: left the practice field and said I, I hate my coach. You know, I think sometimes clock management things you can always argue with that as a player like we could have done things differently, but he was a great guy to play for. I love watching him on ESPN. He stands up for the players. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a lot of respect for the NFL. The NFL will go on when you're done, you know. So enjoy your time while you're there because it's much it's bigger than anything else you can think of. I mean, he really he really taught you to take it
2: in when you're there. He's that's an awesome guy to play for. That's really cool. I, it was fun as the game got over here, and we were kind of waiting. Um, as Gary goes through his post game uh, coverage, you were looking at these team stats, and you you kind of went you kind of glossed over for a second, and kind of went into this Herm Edwards mode, and you even started to break down those game stats uh, like Herm Edwards. And some of the things that you were looking at: time of possession. Uh, what were some of those other stats that you looked at, and you said these are the things that Herm Edwards would really break this game down with?
0: I mean, to really break it down, it was it was its turnovers and penalties, yeah. and that's what Herm really tried to minimize. I mean, if you can keep those statistics in your favor, you should be in the ball game. And um, it, it's funny, it kind of across the board today. I think with the yards yeah. and um, rushing, passing, uh, complete yards, just, just, we won the game in the turnovers. And
2: uh, and I think they had five penalties. We had two penalties. But yeah, and the, the thing was, man, those two penalties for the Hawks did seem to come at pretty crucial times. The same penalty, in fact, it might have been the same penalty that both of them were were, were tacked off was the um, a formation. We had too many men in the backfield on a punt or something like that, and that just seemed, that's another one that's frustrating for fans because you see that stuff or you see that multiple times, and that just seems like it's a preparation mistake. Is that right? Is, is this a mental error? What happens when you end up with five guys in the backfield when you only need four?
0: Um, is it a punt formation we're talking about? Yeah. Or,
2: yeah. yeah. I,
0: I mean, that could just simply be one guy a half yard off the ball or just needed to be up a little bit further, closer than he was. I mean, y- y- it's, it's a chaotic experience being on the punt team, believe it or not, because you're sitting there watching the offense, and all of a sudden it's third down, get ready. Chris Doyle will start getting the punt team ready in case, and then you're rushed out onto the field. Right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's a decision making process. How much time do you have before you're going to go for it? You're going to punt it, and all of a sudden you're sprinting out there to get into formation. Um, Believe it or not, it sounds so simple. It can be a little chaotic. And you know, to get out there and get in the right spot, you can always line up if you're playing at that level, but it's a game of inches. Yeah. You know, and a couple inches can cost you a, a yellow flag in the air.
2: We got about a half hour left. Derek Pagel going to hang out with us here until seven o'clock. It sounds like we're going to hook up with uh, with Gary Dolphin here in just a little bit. Voice of the Hawkeyes reached out to us. He's left Kinnick Stadium, and he would uh, uh, like to share with us his perspective on today. Haven't had a lot of phone calls about Kinnick Stadium today. In fact, the few people that we have been able to ask about the um, the atmosphere inside of Kinnick, we've kind of got a mixed response. One person said it was decent. One guy who took his three-year-old son for his first father's son, he thought it was a little bit more animated. But uh, a few times today in the broadcast, we heard Ed and Gary kind of talk about, or maybe it's even the television broadcast, that they felt life for one of the few times inside of Kinnick Stadium. So maybe we can talk to Gary uh, about that, maybe get an update on a little bit of the injury stuff Also, I'm really interested to see Gary's take on Brandon Snyder. We've talked a lot about him today, Derek. Um, A fantastic performance, this young man. He tears his ACL in April. Here we are six months later. Not only does he make a return to the starting lineup, he plays fantastic and uh, able to seal the thing with a a pick six today. On first and ten, you fake the counter handoff, rolling back to his right is George. Now he tried to throw it to Bonner and it's picked off by Amani Hooker. And he's going the other way. No, check that. That's Brandon Snyder. He's down there. No, it is Hooker. Doesn't matter who it is. No flags. No flags. I don't care who it is. He's wearing a black shirt. And he has a seven on it. Doesn't matter who he is. As long as there's no flags, and he got into the end zone. Why we love Gary. Gary Dolphin will join us next after a quick break here, quick timeout. Derek Pagle is going to stick around until 7 o'clock. We'll have Rob Howe from HawkeyeNation.com. and some of your phone calls at 284 1040. That's how we'll wrap up Jethro's Barbecue sound off on WHO.
0: Your turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsored by
4: Touchdown by Ivory Kelly Martin. I was looking at that offensive line. They snapped the ball. Tyler Wagers retreats from center and throws a touchdown strike to true freshman Ivory Kelly Martin. Yeah,
2: it's nice they let him throw the ball. I mean, you have to have your backup quarterback uh, perform if he has to come in, and that's great that Tyler Wagers gets to throw a touchdown. Got a lot of nice things in that call there. You, 45-16, to 16, again, a final score I, th- I think a lot of us, everybody, would have signed up for. Maybe not the route we all thought that it was going to take to get to that 45-16. You've got one of the young kids in uh, Amir Smith-Marset or Ivy Kelly Martin getting involved in that play. We've talked a little bit about how that's a real encouraging thing for this Hawkeye team. You've got some real talent, really young, sitting on this Hawkeye roster. The voice you heard on that call is Gary Dolphin, voice of the Iowa Hawkeyes. He joins us now on Jethro's Barbecue Soundoff. Dolph, how you doing, sir?
4: Hey, Ross. Uh, good evening, and, and uh, especially good evening to one of my uh, all-time favorite Hawks, even if he's the 32nd-rated player on the roster. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs>
2: that was a good roster, though, Gary. See, he, we got we got to keep putting him in check here. Those were 30, not, 31 really good names ahead of him. Um,
4: and I'm not stroking, uh, Derek, uh, the, the pride of playing field, but when uh, I was trying to figure out... <laughs> whether it was Imani Hooker or Brandon Snyder. You know, I'm used to 27. I'm not used to 37 being out there. And I could see the seven, but I couldn't quite crane my neck enough to make sure it was either Amani or Brandon. But it finally, after I screwed that up for about 35 seconds, I said, who the hell cares? He's wearing a black jersey. That's all that matters. And uh, But I, I think uh, as he's streaking down the sideline, I had a flashback to uh, another great 37, Sean Considine, uh, and also to Pagel. And I thought of, uh, the great ball hawking safeties that I was been blessed to have uh, in the Kirk Ferentz era, of which Derek would be one of those. But from Bob Sanders to to uh, to Marcus Pascal to others, uh, it's we we've really been blessed. And and I bring that up because Brandon Snyder, you know, and to think he tore his ACL the same way Drew Ott did, just jumping straight up and down at a punter in spring football, it's almost like he was hexed. And yet, uh, I remember seeing him in the spring. I said, "Man, I hope you're a fast healer because because we need you out there." He goes, "You know, I've never had a major injury, but I think I will be a fast healer." And he was ready to go a couple weeks ago. So I I was most happy for that young man uh, who has uh, paid the price and uh, and was rewarded somewhat today.
2: Peggle, you remember a couple of those names, man? You were telling me uh, so. You considine was your backup. What your senior year? Yeah, he was just a, <clears throat> just a sophomore, I think. But very well. If I
0: would, if I'd have got hurt, yeah, could have, you'd, he would have filled that position, and they wouldn't have missed a step. That's, probably.
2: Exact, that's exactly what Derek said to me earlier. Gary is man. My senior year, we had Considine behind me. He was every bit as good as I was, and that's uh that says a lot. I mean, a dude that went on to play in the NFL had a sophomore behind him that could could fill his shoes. I think you're right. It long history of safeties. Probably one of the the positions we don't talk a lot about. With the Kirk Ferentz success in his uh, his era here, and with
0: if Phil Parker being a safety at Michigan State, I mean he he brought a ton of knowledge to the program, and I think he's really good. Chris Doyle develops them physically, will develop us, but uh, Phil can really take it to the next level.
2: Gary, we've had a few phone calls here on Sound Off uh, from folks that were inside the stadium, and I've kind of gotten mixed reviews about the energy inside Kinnick today. How did uh, how did you and Ed feel the crowd arrive today?
4: Well, I thought the crowd was terrific. They were just—I uh, know they had a thousand tickets left earlier in the week. I don't know if they sold them all, but it was pretty well packed. Uh, well, I, and I will tell you, uh, Ross, that's a byproduct of the weather conditions. Yeah. Uh, I thought they were really into the game, and and, and again, the sluggish start didn't help. But uh, you had people that, that you know a lot of more bundled up more so than than uh, than normal, thinking that it was going to be a lot cooler than it was. It was actually uh, quite toasty. I mean, it was humid. Mm. And then the front went through, and it got really cold. Or uh, colder, it probably dropped 20 degrees. Then the wind picked up. So it was a byproduct, more so, of the inclement weather, which, quite frankly, we haven't had any of that in the last uh, couple of years. and We've been very blessed with good weather. But, no, I thought the crowd was terrific.
2: Good deal. 45-16, there's not a lot we can really pick apart on this, Gary. But I I think one question that fans would have for somebody – Maybe a little closer to in the know is what's going on with this punting situation. We finally saw the uh, uh, the the scholarship Ryan Garcia get in today. Had a one really good punt. Came back with his second one that wasn't quite as impressive. What's your feel on uh, on Ferent's plan for punter?
4: Well, without being over, you know, over, without being an oversimplification, it, it's two guys that are in their first year. Uh, Ross, as Derek knows, uh, special teams are special for a reason. Uh, you've, you're, you know, the, the whole focus is on you. And, uh, you know, Gersande hit that first one, uh, really high and, and a, a nice floater. And I, I think that will be the true Ryan Gersande going ahead okay. or, or moving forward. But they, they had it out in practice this week. And, uh, Kirk told us last night that both guys were going to get out there. And I credit Colton, uh, uh, Rastetter for really selling the fake punt right before halftime. That, if it wasn't the play of the game, it was pretty doggone close. But, you no, know, guys are feeling their oats. I mean, they're first-time starters. Colton granted, has been inconsistent at best. He did not have a good day at Michigan State last week. Right. Uh, and but oh, the, there's only one way for those two young guys to go, and that's straight up. And I think they both will.
2: What do you think the focus of Coach Ferentz and the staff will be during this bye week? You've got two weeks now before Northwestern. What's the one thing? If and it'll be several, but what will the main focus be, Gary?
4: I think the number one focus will be the offensive line, uh, and I, I heard uh, I heard one caller here on my way home uh, talk about the, uh, the the sluggish starts, uh, or the poor starts, or however you want to label them. Uh, uh, it, it, it's amazing to me that uh, after the coaches look at a first half of tape, or or, or chart a first half of plays, and Derek knows this, uh, how good Iowa has been at adjustments at halftime, the simple schematic maneuvers, uh, uh, simple. Uh, Posture for a young guy like Tristan Worse. You know, I I tell Iowa fans, let's not forget we had uh, four fifths of the Joe Moore offensive line of the year returning this year. How many of them are out there right now? They're missing both starting tackles, both preseason all Big Ten, and Ike Botker, who's done with an Achilles tear, and Boone Myers, who's been really pestered with a bad shoulder and a high ankle sprain. They just made the decision to hold Boone out today. They've been trying to hide him inside at guard and Kirk said, enough. We're going to go with the young the young, uh, man-child, Tristan Wurst, and we're going to let Alaric Jackson sink or swim at left tackle. We're going to move Render back to uh, left guard, and it was quite apparent uh, to us here the last couple of weeks that as, as a gamer as, gamer, as game as Sean Welsh is, he's not a tackle. He's more comfortable at right guard. He's a preseason All-American at right guard, and they flipped him back inside today, and you saw uh, uh, you know, call it sluggish if you want, but the Iowa gets a turnover on the first play from scrimmage, and, and the Hawks give it back three plays later. Yeah. Uh, it's been the turnovers. So whether it's easily at the goal line against North Texas or Akram called for the uh, the unsportsmanlike conduct with the, with the high leg kick, you cannot take points off the board after you put together good drives to start a game. It just deflates everybody uh, around the huddle. And, and that's what's been happening. And if it hasn't been a turnover, it's been pleased. Now, right. today on the turnover battle, but gave it right away. Three plays after the Hawks and Anthony Nelson got the football, and so it's pretty simple when you look at why they're having slow starts to uh, uh, to, to to start uh, to begin games. But look what they do in the second half. Now I'm I'm here to tell you, they they want to put four quarters together. But but uh, to your point, Ross, before you went to that last break, we're seeing the potential of this offense, if nothing else.
2: That's so much fun to even think about, Gary, and I, you've got a lot better grasp of the history of this program, and maybe we should even limit it to the Kirk Ferentz era, but I am having a really hard time remembering a time when you had this many freshmen, true freshmen or redshirt freshmen, that were playing... I said skill positions earlier but you just mentioned Jackson and Werf. Those are two guys that two of the most important positions you have on the field. You're trusting a true freshman and a redshirt freshman to that. I just don't remember a time in the Ference era when you had this much young talent uh, it, it, on the roster.
4: Hey, it's one thing to lose one all Big 10 tackle. When you lose both of them, I mean that 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 that, that throws you for a loop and and, and they're not making excuses. Uh, uh, I love uh, Kirk uh, on the postgame show, uh, because after the fake punt, they, they go in and score, and it seems like every time Iowa defers, they come out and, and, and they just mow right down the field to start yeah. the second half. What happened today? Two, two three, three and outs. outs. Right. And, and as Podolak said, Coach, were you pulling your hair out? He said, yeah, pretty close to that uh, because uh, we've seen this pattern now. What we didn't expect were two three and outs against a, an Illinois team that's 92nd nationally against the run. Yeah. Uh, but But it it, it, it it I think it behooves us to go back and take a look at ten. They've now played ten true freshmen with significant minutes, and probably half that number are redshirt freshmen. And they all seemingly are at, are at key positions on the football field. Yeah. And now, once they get it figured out, and it's been different junctures of the game, uh, whether it's last week. I mean, they're they're driving. We left. Uh, the hawks left 10 points on the field at michigan state why two lost fumbles one at the five yard line and and one a big freshman receiver trying to get extra yards you know those are painful teaching moments and learning moments but they're going to get better and here they sit at four and two at the bye week and you know a bunch of teams coming down the road that they'll be at least equal to uh, uh, on the sheet and so uh, you know at wisconsin yeah that's going to be tough ohio state at home yeah that's going to be tough but I'll keep coming back to that Penn State game. The offense should be better by the time those teams come up on the on the uh, on the schedule. We'll, we'll we'll show up and see what happens.
2: Absolutely, Gary. Thanks so much for the time, man. Appreciate it.
4: Okay, guys. Talk hey, to you. Have soon, a great mate. bye week. See you, Derek.
2: Thanks, Gary. Yeah, that and Gary hits on it right there. We we talked when we were talking with Chuck Long and Sage Rosenfelds last Monday about the problems with this offensive line, and you know Chuck was used the analogy to a glove. He said you've got to make sure that all five fingers fit the right way and we said okay is that a matter of keeping those five fingers and trying to get the glove to fit a little better or do you got to change those fingers out Do you got to get some new guys in and chuck long said it get tristan Wirfs in there if he's going to be part of the army get him in there and and really rip that red shirt off it's already gone so now throw him into the wolves here i think that is the offensive line looked better today Give them a week of preparing with that five guys. I'm really excited about what can happen against Northwestern. Rob Howe from HawkeyeNation.com will join us to wrap things up. Wendell and Nathan, I promise we'll get to your phone call. Off. Appreciate you all that have taken part in today's program. And those of you that uh, have just listened, have been a, a fly on the wall of today's show. It's been a lot of fun. Big thank you to my buddy Derek Pagel for coming in. Appreciate Pagel, This it. is awesome, dude. Love it. Wendell, thanks for giving us a call. How are you? Good. What did you want to share with us, sir?
1: I, I, sit, I sit over in the east end uh, there, um the five yard line. I, anywhere in I our, our part of the stadium, I thought the crowd was, was kind of quiet today, uh, flat at the beginning for sure, and I, maybe that was just negative of the team, but um, I, I don't know. I, I heard Gary just a second ago. I thought everything. Maybe it sounds different from the press box, but I'm about row 33 and it seemed pretty quiet for me. It just wasn't like the energy that I've Certainly not the energy of a night game like Penn State, which I don't expect the 11 o'clock game. But
2: right, right. it
1: just—it certainly was quieter than, say, like the Texas game, I guess I felt anyway.
2: Wendell, thanks, thanks for the phone call. Hey, really appreciate you, it, can sir. Can
1: I, can, I, can I give you another quick? quick yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I just wanted to give a, a thumbs up to the Alina uh, football team. When we did the wave, I noticed that they actually, instead of huddling up and doing, you know, talking about the game. They took the time to wave at the kids, I thought
2: that was really cool. That's, It's amazing what has happened with that wave, Wendell. Yeah. It's been really neat to see. Thanks a lot for yeah. the phone call and for pointing that out. We've got Rob Howe from Hawkeynation.com waiting in the wings to wrap things up. Nathan, you're going to be our last phone call tonight. How are you?
1: Well, I hope I do okay. Uh, I'm a fellow graduate from the Corn Bowl Conference from North Springs Rock Falls. Graduated nineteen ninety five there, Derek Pagel. So, so you're saying you yeah,
0: used I, to beat up on me in high school, probably?
1: <laughs> no, I think my brothers might have. Maybe <laughs> not. You? No, I think you probably did more than me. I actually competed more against your brother than uh than you because I was, like I said, I graduated nineteen ninety five. Anyhow, I just want to say uh I'm normally a guy where, uh, where anything with cyclones, I just kind of go whatever. They're just annoying. I just want to give a shout out to those guys. Congratulations, get that victory down, Norman. Oklahoma.
2: Nathan, I'm not sure if you've been listening to the whole show. You're the sixth caller. We've never had a listener mention Iowa State. Even when we play Iowa State, people don't call in and mention Iowa State. That's six people that have called in to say, hey, just a quick tip. I'm totally
1: one of those guys. Even when we're not playing, I really cheerfully just don't really care yeah. and don't really that's want to cheer. That's cool. For Listen,
2: man, that's cool that you did that today. I mean it. <laughs>
1: no, I, I actually, I felt like I was more like, oh, that's freaking awesome. Yep. Anyhow, uh, third point, I really like the young, uh, long talent. Uh, we have a really good nucleus there to build around. And, you know, those play, the two fumbles last week were just inexperienced. Yep. And you, you know, there's a lot of learning you can do. And I really believe over the, uh, bye week, they're going to concentrate on the run game. Uh, as a fellow football coach, you, we we need to start blocking a little bit better, and I think you saw some makings today, where at the two tackle positions you got uh, redshirt freshman, two freshman, right? I mean, with a lot of talent. Um, so I, I just really I really like what we're doing there, and uh, I really wish we could get Boone Myers going again. You know, I think yeah. really you know it really helped with solidify the offensive line. I really do like bringing Sean Welsh back into the guard. Anyways, my last point uh, was just on the crowd. Uh, I've been going to games since the uh, 85 was my first game, but uh, I haven't missed a handful of games since, the, you know, about 95 season. And uh, today it's just a more educated Iowa fan. You're uh, going to cheer when you have to. I was cheering all the time, but, you know, it's just one of those things where it's an educated Iowa fan. We know when we need to. We know when it's just kind of suited. I like it.
2: it. It's like our you own know. little version of the Cardinal way, Nathan.
1: Right. No, I, I really feel like we have a really educated fan base. Anyhow, Pre- I won't take any more of your time. I just want to say, uh, I think I appreciate you guys doing what you do. You uh bet, man. It makes my drive back to Memphis, Missouri, uh, uh, a lot, a lot, you
2: know, a lot quicker well, than. Glad what we it could would give you so. some uh, some hometown flavor today with uh, with Derek Pagel. So thanks a lot for the phone call, Nathan. Hey, thanks, Nathan. Our buddy Rob Howe from HawkeyeNation dot going to help us wind things down here in the final five minutes. How you doing, Rob? Doing good. How are you guys doing? All right, buddy. Uh, you know, I, I feel like every week when we bring you on, there's a few things that we have to talk to you about. Kind of get some injury updates. And things like that. Today, there were real no injury updates. We had that uh, little scare with Josie Jewell when he ran off and then uh, came Storming back from the locker room. But outside of that, am I missing anything? Did we have any injuries today?
5: Yeah, Nathan budgeted
2: a, um, Oh, okay. I did see budget tactical. on the sideline there. What's going on there?
5: Yeah, um lower body injury. Um, Kirk said, you know, if they were playing next week, he wouldn't have any doubt that he'll be able to play. So. Okay. I think he'll be okay. It was just he was dinged up, so they went with some other guys today.
2: And some people have asked us about James Butler. I, I, I believe they're planning on him being available in two weeks for Northwestern. Is that the plan?
5: I asked Kirk about him on Tuesday, and Kirk said that uh, they hope to get him back in a couple weeks. But I got the sense that it's not a given, and that they're going to reevaluate him this coming week. Okay, um, and we'll get a better idea. But he, he could be, he could miss another game. But we'll see.
2: Uh, just with the reporters, I know you get a chance to kind of chat with some of the other guys as you're at the game and, and milling around in the locker room. What was the overall take on offensive line? Do you do, Does everybody feel like this five with Worfs at right tackle is uh, is kind of the new five?
5: I think for the time being, I think Boone Myers, when healthy, will find his way into this, at least in some capacity in a rotation or something like that, maybe with Render, uh, or or maybe with worse too, at right tackle. Myers certainly can play tackle. So um, I I think today was a step forward, and and as the game went on, they got a better push. Um, So it was definitely a positive sign today.
2: Okay, Rob, anything else that you wanted to share with us, man? I feel like we uh, we kind of pushed you up against the back of the show here. I apologize (laughs) for that, man.
5: That's perfectly okay. I'm watching Michigan, Michigan State, so I'll be okay. Um, if anybody wants to know what I thought about the game, go to Hawkeye Nation. I've got my column up there, so that'll take care
2: of it. HawkeyeNation.com will take care of a lot of your Hawkeye needs, man. Not only is Rob writing great articles, you get great stuff from, uh, from John Miller. They've got the Instant Reaction podcast that's probably posted right now or will be posted any minute. Uh, that's always a lot of fun. I still run into people, Rob, all the time that uh, – uh, they either listen to Miller and Dace podcast or whatever the case is. So it's uh, it's always fun to um, have people you know, r- remind me that they're rushing to hawkeynation.com whenever they want their Hawkeye news.
5: Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate everybody who visits visit the site, and I appreciate you guys for having me
2: on. You bet. Rob Howe from Hawkeynation.com joining us there. He joins us each and every week on Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Uh, what was the best part of the, of the day today, Peggle Hawkeye win or free Jethro's? The win.
0: (laughs) I got you to to think think about about it. it Yes, I (laughs) I love my Jeff
2: Rose. All right, man. So next week is a bye week. Uh, The plan right now is we're going to be on the air for a few hours next week. Probably just going to fill that thing up with Rob Howe and Chad Lystico, Mark Emmert, a bunch of our Hawkeye columnists. We'll see if maybe Gary Dolphin can give us a few minutes next week also. And uh, we'll knock that out and get ready for Northwestern. The Big Ten season will roll along on the 21st against the Wildcats. Big thanks to Derek Pagel for filling in today. Thank you, Ross. Thanks, Sean. Talk to you You soon.
1: AM 1040 on your radio and on your smartphone. Available anywhere you go on the iHeartRadio app. News Radio 1040 WHO, Des Moines